0: Hi, and welcome to Edge Church Podcasts. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.co.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we'll connect with you. Our sermons can be found on our YouTube channel. We are so expectant for today, as we share the direction for Edge Church for 2023. Enjoy listening to the sermon. Fantastic. Well, like I said, it's good to be with you, and we are in week three of our series, The Holy Bible. And 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 it's been an incredible journey, and it really was birthed out of that place of where God spoke to us for this year, that it's a year of greater things. And it was John fourteen, verse twelve, that the words of Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, you will do greater things than this, than what I did. And and I'm gonna say it, and I've been saying it week after week, every single time I get up, greater what we believe God is calling for us this year, it's not about doing greater or more things. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to have greater access to our lives. To to say, Holy Spirit, yeah, I am. And that's where the Word of God is such a crucial part. It's our anchor, it's our foundation. It's a very God-breathed, the Holy Spirit. The breath of God. We speak about it. How, how this is holy, Hagos, set apart. The Holy Bible. And so we've been on that journey. Why anchor verse is John six verse sixty three, where it says, "For the Spirit can make life. The Spirit of God is breathed onto these very pages. The Spirit of God can make life because sheer muscle and willpower don't make anything happen." Meaning it's not of us trying to do more and more things to make things happen to be greater. But take note, but every word that I have spoken to you is a spirit word. And so it is life making. That's the greater that we believe in and and where the series was birthed from and where God has been taking us. And so week one, a quick reminder, we spoke about how we're called to fall in love with God's word. We said how we, we love God's word. We learn it, and then we call called to live it out, and then, and then last week, Tony shared on the whole principle about what is the Bible all about, and I encourage you, go to our YouTube channel, catch up on that, and we see the story of how the Bible is all put together, but today, I want to share, and the title of my message is, Why the Bible Can Be Trusted. Now, this question is as old as man, this very question saying, is the Bible accurate? Can we trust the Bible? Who wrote it? Was it this one writing? How do they know that they got it all correct and we can go through all of this? And so I want to speak about today why the Bible is reliable. It's true. It's 100% accurate. And I love that in week one, we memorized a scripture verse. Are you Ready? Because last week Tony caught us, and I'm telling you now, there were some nerves that were happening in the front. i going, oh my gosh! Okay, I'm going to help you. Psalm 119:105 says, a to my and a light to my heart. "Well done, well done." Well, today I've got another anchor verse um, that we're going to get into um, for this for this week. And I love that even Edge uh, kids, Elevate on Friday, they were all going through this verse, memorizing, and it's beautiful. Scripture memorization, there's something powerful about that. And so today, the one that's linked to today's message is Matthew 24, verse 35, that says this, and I want us to read it out loud together. Notice I didn't say a soft, a loud. To <laughs> so all of us, even on, online, aloud. Let's read this together. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Matthew Okay, let's do it one more time with the screen, and then I'm going to turn the screen off. Okay, here we go. Heaven and earth will pass away. Here we go. Well done. Well done. Prepare for next week to know your memory verse. But if you put that and you see that verse there, these are the very words that Jesus was saying. He spoke these words, he says, it doesn't matter how, over the time and centuries, people will come and try and destroy it, they'll try and deconstruct the word, they will say that it's not true, no matter what, God's word, and Jesus says these very words, and my words will never pass away. This is why we can trust in the Bible. And so today I want to share seven convincing proofs why the Bible can be trusted, now this is, I've heard several messages and I've taken from great, great apologists and, and pastors that have put, the, they've shared on these things like Rick Warren and he, he's spoken into this a lot and then Robin Morris and, and Chris Hodges and so what I've done is that in my best way with my limited knowledge and brain, I have put it in a way that has personally stood out for me that I want to share with you and so this is, this is stuff that is out there and so I want to share these truths with you and so you're ready to year seven and I want to encourage you. Take notes, take notes so that we can go and and it's it's about growing deeper and devoted. It's not about trying to prove someone else wrong. Remember week one, I spoke about it so that we're not Bible bashing, literally my brother with a Bible in the pillowcase. We're not doing that. It's not about gaining more knowledge, but being devoted in our walk and what God is calling for the greater thing. And so number one of the seven is that how do we know that we can rely upon and trust the word of God is that the Holy Bible is, is historically accurate. Now a lot of people know that and they speak about that that the the Bible has got good principles but for some they feel like it's a little far-fetched. So like it's not humanly possible for some of the stories that are in scripture. Like how is it possible for a man to live for three days In a fish or a whale, whatever they they we want to come as. How is it possible that he survived for three days? How is it possible that a virgin can give birth? How is it possible that someone could be raised from the dead after three days? And so we often, people say, How is it humanly possible? You know my stance? It is not humanly possible. That's why I have put my faith in God and these accounts of what God's word says in Luke 18, verse 27. It says, what is impossible for humans is possible for God. And I heard about this little girl. She decided to write a story on Jonah and the whale for a teacher in a research paper. So she writes it, she excites it, she takes it to her teacher, she gives it to her teacher. Her teacher's not very impressed at what she wrote because her teacher's actually a, a staunch atheist and so she was irritated by this. And she says to the little girl, how do you know or believe this is even true. So the little girl says, well, the moment I get to heaven, I'm gonna find Jonah. I'm gonna to say to him, uncle, how did you live for three days in a whale? So the teacher says, but how do you know he's even gonna to go to heaven? So she turns to her teacher and says, well, then you can ask him. <laughs> but well, here's the truth. This is why Psalm 33 verse four says this truth. For the word of the Lord is right and true. So the Word of God is right, but it's not only right, it's true. So how do we prove that something is historically accurate? Well, in actual fact, historical accuracy standards, and this is not a Christian thing, they have a way of measuring where something is historically true. And they've done that with the Word of God. You have to have three things. Number one is you have to have an eyewitness account. Meaning that there has to be people that have seen what has taken place. And you just take the Gospels, for example. Four different people wrote about what happened in the Gospels, and they didn't collaborate. It was all independently taken place. And how are they all the same story because they were physically there. They were eyewitnesses. They saw what took place. So there has to be eyewitness. The second thing is we have to see that it's recorded and copied with extreme care. That's so what historians say that when any of these accounts have to be recorded with extreme care in how it's copied, and that's why I believe God chose the Jewish people to recall the Word of God. Because it goes down in history that the Jewish people are the most meticulous, precise scholars to record. And so the way that they would do it is that they would even take, and there's a whole long explanation on it, but I don't have time for, but they would take the words. And you just take the first five books of the Old Testament, the Torah, you see how they wouldn't just take it word for word. They would take it letter for letter to translate it. They were precise. There was extreme care taking place. They historically go down as the most prescribed, precise scholar writers. Then The other thing that we see is that there has to be archaeological confirmation now this is where the actual empires, the people that we're speaking about the Bible, they actually found archaeological digs where there was evidence and proof of that these people existed. And although this is so interesting because it wasn't until the nineteen hundreds that they thought that they had proved that the Bible wasn't true. Because out of the archaeological digs they found all the tribes evidence of that they existed. And now the tribes that I'm speaking about, you know, we talk about the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Big Corn Bites. (laughs) But this was the tribe called the Hittites. And what they did is that they they, they said it's not possible. And eventually in the 1900s, they found an archaeological dig. And there they found the proof and evidence of the Hittites. Proving that the Bible is not only true, but it is right. So there's historical accuracy. Second thing is that there's scientific accuracy. And the Bible is scientifically accurate. Now, this is the thing that we know the saying that we says we must trust the science. And yes, there's truth in that. But there's also, let's just think back to COVID-2020 and all of that. And so science evolves. Scientists knew what they knew, but they didn't know everything. They knew what they knew in that time, and things have evolved. For example, if you are of age, let me put it that way, if you had to go back to your grade 8 science book today, Yeah, I can't even say that. Let me say standard eight for the some people. Do you think they'll be teaching the same subject still, the way they're still teaching it? Things have changed. Okay, even better. Who did computer science when they were still in school? Yeah, some people didn't even have computers in that time. If I think about it and I go back to what we learned, it was about, who remembers a floppy disk? Yay, yay, yay. And then you had to, this is how you had to work it. And then you were the man. If you had an eight gig flash stick disc, remember, because it would only be like a few megabytes that you would be able to save. And so you go back and you say, but, but how? Science has evolved, but there's still truth and the principle states. And this is why the word of God in Psalm 148, verse five to six, says these very words, let every created thing give praise to the Lord. For he issued his command, he put it into being. He commanded it. And they come into being, He set them in place forever and ever, and His decree will never be revoked. And you think, sure, you take a book that is so old, that has been around for so long, surely by now there should be one scientific thing that we should say, well, maybe it wasn't that true because it's changed, but it's not true. Everything is said is still true in Scripture, And you're there and still into today. There are thousands upon thousands of scientific books that are sitting in basements because they're obsolete. What they thought they were proving is is no longer. You just take one of them. In 1861, a French academy of science said, and this is the title of the book, 51 Incontrovertible Scientific Facts that Prove the Bible is Wrong. Just the title alone, you go, that's wrong. But anyway, you know that they proved that every, and this is sitting in a basement somewhere actually in a museum in Europe because it's not true. Every 51 of these points that they tried to prove about Scripture, the Bible proved right. And over and over again, we've seen how how people have tried to scientifically prove certain things that have even died for believing certain things. Like for example, the earth is flat. I'll leave that there. And they, and they believe for like thousands of years that the earth is flat, that you eventually just get to an edge and you would fall over. If we went to scripture, we would see what scripture says in Isaiah 40 verse 22. It says, As God sits above the circle of the earth. Now you go, okay, but this is English. We take the Hebrew word. It actually means the sphere, which we get the word from globe. The earth is round. Another one that people have argued is that, that who holds the earth? So we would see how the Greeks believed that Atlas, the Greek god, would hold the earth upon his shoulders. The Egyptians believed that there were four pillars that were holding the earth. The Hindu believed that there is four elephants that are standing above a turtle shell, and that's holding the earth. All we needed to do was go to the Word of God and and go to one of the oldest books in Scripture because remember we learned last week the Bible's not in chronological order. So you go to Job. What does Job's word say? Job 26 verse seven. God stretches the northern sky over the empty space and hangs the earth on what? On nothing. And I can go point after point and there's so many examples that I don't have the time to do it, but this is the truth. Psalm 12 verse six. And the words of the Lord are flawless, like silver purified in the crucible, like gold refined seven times. Number three, the Holy Bible is prophetically accurate. Now, this one's the most interesting one to me, because not only were they writing this book and there's riskiness, because you're trying to get people to read it, and now you come and you're doing, making predictions, because you know, it only takes one prediction that's not right to throw out your whole thing. Like, you know, how many times have they said the earth is ending in this year? How many times have we heard that? And you hear and you see in Scripture, do you know there's over 1,000 predictions what we, that we call prophecies that actually are in Scripture. 300 of them are about Christ alone. And this is not just general stuff. This is not just like, Oh, he was going to be a nice man, or the weather was going to be sunny on this day. It was very precise information, like the details like he would be born in a small town called Bethlehem, that he would ride on a donkey into Jerusalem, that he would escape Egypt. It was very precise details, and you go, oh, well, they were just one generation away, and that's how they could write that. No. The prophecy that was spoken were 400 years before Jesus was even born. And you say, How is that possible? 2 Peter, verse 1 says, For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets through humans, and this is his key, spoke from God as they were carried along. How? By the Holy Spirit. Church, hear me. The Bible is true, the Bible is right, and, and the Bible is life. It is beyond words, which goes to number four, the Bible is thematically unified. And Tony spoke about this last week, and it was a brilliant message unpacking it about how the Holy Bible was written over a period of time, and, and it'll come with information over 1,600 years in over a dozen countries in three continents for 40 by 40 people in three different languages. Now, I think this is what amazed me so much, is that how did they all get the exact same story? Like how did they all get the same story? Because you you read and you read the Quran, it was written by one person, Muhammad. You you read uh, the uh, Buddha and you read that it was written by one. But then you read the word of God and I go, how is it possible that so many over such a period of time could write that and it's all accurate and all lines up? Hear me, it's only because of Jesus, because all scripture points towards Jesus. I love this verse, it says in Luke 24 verse 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus Christ, which leads me to number five, that the Holy Bible is trusted by Jesus. Now, I'll pause here because this one maybe could be argued the most as uh, the weakest point in saying, how can we trust the accuracy of the Scripture and the Word of God? But I just want to say that if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're giving your life to Jesus and you're saying, I follow Him, and when what Jesus says is right, is right. You get what I'm saying? As believers, when Jesus says that it's right, it's right. And this is why Matthew 5, verse 18 said these very words, for very truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, take notice, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. And you go, what does this mean? See, when we try to deconstruct the word of God, which is a thing. You know, when they take like a dessert and we're gonna do deconstructed pavlova. No, just give me a pavlova with all the custard on top and everything like that. But (laughs) what we're doing is that we would take the word of God and we'll try to deconstruct it. Meaning I'm gonna take certain things that are gonna suit me, what I believe in, and then there's some things, I don't know if I wanna believe in that. Can I tell you, that's a very dangerous place to be in. I've seen how people have taken and they've taken and created sort of their own religion on certain things versus other things. That we won't believe, but God also says that. And I believe some of the most hatred comments have come from Christians. Because we've deconstructed the word and there's certain things we want to believe, and so that means that we won't love those kind of people. We must be careful when we get into a place like that. And this is what I want you to hear, and I want you to see it on the screens because I believe in it so much, that if you believe what you like in the Bible, but you don't believe what you don't like, it's not the Bible that you trust, but yourself. I'm gonna say it again, because it took me a while to just like, uh uh-huh, over and over again. If you believe what you like, so I believe in this, but I don't believe in that, oh, because I don't like that. That's why I don't wanna believe in it. It's not the Bible that you trust, but you trust it in yourself. And God calls and says to us, the word of God is life, every part of it. And what happens, and like I said, is it's a dangerous place to be when we try to deconstruct the word. Number six, and I'm nearly coming to an end, is that the Holy Bible has survived all uh, attacks. And this begs the question, and I'm gonna say, why would the Bible be attacked for so many years and still to this day? You know, the Bible is the most despised, most mocked, most denied, disputed, divided, debated, outlawed, and destroyed book ever to date. Harry Potter and all of them and their stuff doesn't even exist in comparison to this. People have despised for hundreds of years, and yet the Word of God still stands after thousands of years. Very smart people, very intelligent people have also said things that, that we have respected, have you ever heard of the philosopher philosopher Voltaire? He sees these very he said this quote in the eighteenth century. He says, Within a hundred years, the Bible will be forgotten. And I thought, no, the only thing they've forgotten is this quote. <laughs> <laughs> because you said that in the eighteenth century. No, no no, we we're still good. And I thought to myself, when I found this out and I heard this, I was like, yo, I had a good laugh by myself prepping on Monday for this. Do you know, this was Voltaire's house. Do you know who bought it once he died? The French Bible Society. (laughs) 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 To this day, French Bible Society owns this very house, the very man that said the Bible would be dead (laughs) in 100 years. Why? 1 Peter 1, verse 24 to 25, it says, the grass weathers, the flowers fall, but listen, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Come on. God's word endures forever. I spoke about it in week one. We're called to love the word of God to the extent that I'm saying, Hello, we must get excited about the word of God. This very truth that the word of the Lord endures forever, that everything else could destroy, fall apart in my life, all these things, but the word of God will still stand. I have some questions for you to think about. You know, I like to get you to to engage and to think of certain things. Will I attack God's word or will I live by it? Meaning, if there's something that God's Word has spoken to me about, am I trying to change the Word of God, or I'm trying to change what's inside of me? Because a lot of times we have a lot of opinions. But I, but what does God's Word say? Yeah. Well, will I live by God's Word instead of just coming with these great ideas and I'm going to say this, and I've got the right words to say? Can we just live by God's Word? Will I deconstruct it or defend it? Will I follow the world? Well, I follow the word of God. And as I go to my last one, my last one of the seven, for me is, it makes me emotional because I was like, this, this, this number, number seven is something that you and I can actually test. We, we can live it and go, yes, it's true. Like what I'm saying, you can actually go and live it. But there is a condition. You have to go fully in to be able to really test. You can't do it half hearted. You can't be like, let's just see our experiment for two weeks and then see what happens. No, no, I'm saying give it a year. where you go fully in for Christ, saying I'm not gonna sit on the fence anymore, that you can be able to look at this one. Because the word of God in Jeremiah says these very words in 29, 13. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. See, if you reverse this and you say the opposite, you'll seek me and find me, but if you don't do it with all your heart, you won't find me. Yeah. Why I see this is a thing where you can test, but you have to go all in. Yeah. And why I go back to what God spoke to us about this year, about greater and, and what we believe in for and really what we've seen and, and the testimony is I love listening to stories of what's taken place. And I think for me, that is why I love baptism service so much. Because we're able to see water baptism. We're able to see and hear stories of of life change that has taken happen, that has happened. That people have gone, I was like this, but now I'm like that. And I wanna encourage you, coming up in Easter, we're gonna be baptizing over the Easter weekend. I can't think of a better and more appropriate place to say on Resurrection Sunday, my life is also being resurrected because of Jesus. And I don't want to encourage you if you're saying, yo, 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 I will, I'll get to that, I'll get to this, and you've been putting it off, that today, you say, no. Today that am making a decision to go fully in. Because I keep saying this if there's one thing that I can ask of us, Yes, I would love for you to, to, to join us at the welcome home dinner, to get in part of life group. I'd love for you to do all those things. And, but you know what? If you don't do that, that's actually fine. If there's one thing, as your pastor, I'm asking of you, is that you would fall in love with the Word of God. That actually you make a decision that I, I'm going to go into, I'm going to dive into the Word of God. Because can I tell you why? When you start there, everything else. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then everything else will be added. Then I know you guys are getting to groups and serve and be a part of that. But actually, there's one thing I'm asking of us this year. Greater access of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's why I lead number seven, my last one. And I end with this. Seven convincing proofs is that the Holy Bible has life-changing power. It has life-changing power. And you say, but Dan, you paid, you mean to say these things. Speak to someone else. Come to our baptism service. Because listen, John 8 speaks these very words that Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you hold to the word of God and what I say, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth. And you know that word know is actually the Greek word for kinesko. Meaning it's not a no of head knowledge, no, but it's a no here in the heart. God, I want to know you here. It's not about just gaining more information, but it's about having that so I can apply it to my life so there can be the transformation that you're calling for us. He says, because when you know this truth, what takes place? The truth will set you free. You see, it's, it's here you find freedom. It's in this space where you find the truth. You find that even in the most the darkest place, and yes, even with ESCOM, but in our own darkness. Look here, my soul goes into a dark place when there's low chelsea for so long as well. So I need Jesus even more and more in times like that. But even when we in those faces are saying, I do not understand how, where, what is gonna happen. God, why is this here? That I will hold on to my firm foundation, that like a plant, I will be rooted in the word of God. We sing that song. This is my testimony from death to life because the word is truth and the truth sets us free. And so I end with this prayer a prayer that I came across and it's, it's a liturgical prayer that I want to read to us. And as I read this prayer, I'm trusting that when we finished and if you believe in you saying, God, I believe in this, that you will truly say this prayer in your own space. And so I encourage you now to just be still in this moment. And I'm going to say this prayer and then after I've read it, If we believe it, I want you to pray it with me. Dear God, from this day forward, I'll accept the Bible as your flawless word to me and I'll make it the final authority for my life. Even when I don't understand it, when it's not popular, easy or even when I don't like it, you are God and I'm not. Thank you for loving me enough to speak to me through your word. I wanna love your word, learn your word and live your word. So if you wanna pray that and really mean it, prayed with me aloud together. Dear God, from this day forward, I will accept the Bible as your flawless word to me, and I will make it the final authority for my life, even when I don't understand it, when it's not popular, reason, or easy, even when I don't like it. You are God, and I am not. Thank you for loving me enough to speak to me through your word. I want to love your word, learn your word, and live your word come on, let's pray together. And I'm also we just stay still in this moment. We don't move around. I encourage you actually to put things down. So true to believe, the Holy Spirit is, is speaking. Yes, I shared a lot of stuff. Seven points is a lot of stuff. But it's that truth of that the Word of God has the power to change our lives. Why we can trust it. And it's in this very moment because I because you know this moment right now, you've heard about it. I've I've preached now into these things, and but actually now it's time to act upon it. I've done everything actually to try and appeal to your mind about this whole thing of Christianity and why we can trust the Bible. But can I tell you you don't get saved through your mind. The Bible says when you believe in your heart, when you say a prayer of repentance. Believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. We saved. And I believe right now that God is speaking into the hearts of many, saying like, and maybe you're here and you've come because you come to witness a child blessing. And in this moment, you're thinking, why do I feel so emotional even? It's the Holy Spirit. And I believe right now, he's calling many to say, this is time for you to make a decision. It's time to stop actually just sitting on the fence and and looking on and actually saying, will you go all in for me? Don't do it for anyone else. But will you go all in for me to say, I wanna be a believer? Or if your faith is weak and and, and you actually find yourself at your backslidden, that today you're saying, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna invite you right now to pray this prayer. And before I do that, with all eyes closed, I'm asking everyone to respect this moment with eyes closed. If you're saying that's me, I want to go all in. That right now, you will say this prayer with me. And I want to encourage you to know who I'm praying for. That in a moment, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. You don't have to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. But right now, if you're saying, Dan, will you pray with me? Just lift your hand up. Cross this auditorium. You can put it down immediately. Amen, you can put it down. Amen, you can put it down. Again, I'm going to say, you're saying, will you pray with me? I want to make this prayer. I know I've been sitting on the fence, but today, just lift your hand up. One more time, I'm going to go with this appeal. Amen, amen, amen. You can put it down, amen. Many hands going up. Now I want you to say this prayer with me. Say it quietly where you are. Jesus, today I believe in you not just in my mind, but in my heart. And today I give you my life. Father, today I come to that place of saying, I'm not sitting on the fence, but today I'm going all in for you. I truly believe in you. I believe that you have saved me. I believe that you, you rose on the third day, that you have given me life. So today I give my life to you. And God's people say together, amen, amen, amen. amen. We trust that you enjoyed listening to the sermon today. We would love to stay in touch with you about your next steps. Please send us a WhatsApp or contact us via our website. We would love to help you on your discipleship journey.